Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Hey, before we jump into this week's episode, we want to share with you a clip from another show we create called The Storyteller Series. In this podcast, we study a different book of the Bible every season, and we are so excited to share with you that we just launched the book of Exodus. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear an engaging narration of each chapter. And throughout the series, we'll hear from a group of friends who sit around and discuss the significance of each section of this book. So I can't wait for you to jump in and learn more about the book of Exodus. The story of Exodus is both intimate and universal, small and astonishingly grand. The Exodus is the story of a family that became a nation, the story of God clashing with Egypt's gods and their intermediaries and decisively defeating them. It is the story of one man uniquely equipped and called to lead God's people. This story is Israel's story. It is the church's story. It is our story. The story of God coming in mercy to save. It is the Exodus. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Listen to the Storyteller series wherever you get your podcasts, or learn more at SalvationArmyRadio.org. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. As we continue our series with Captain Paul Ryerson called Our House, he discusses the importance of community being the heart of any church. For some of us, this study may hit close to home as we're reminded that a church body can look very different for some. Not that there's anything wrong with these things, but we don't need a high-end AV system, theatrical lighting, or even thousands of members to make an impact for the kingdom. To make this point, Paul shares a very cool story of a small chapel and a prison that continues to make an impact today.
I look for a church is Jesus Christ. To build my faith, to sustain my faith. Interact with people. You know, just like a church family. People I can rely on, people I can talk to, social for me, really is social for me. And just to build my faith and be close to God. The year is 1900 in Folsom, California. A new state penitentiary was recently built to house those who were considered dangerous and a threat to society. A new construction project is underway to expand the prison and to build something that was not included in the original blueprints when it opened 10 years prior. A chapel. The chapel was built with hand-cut granite stones, often referred to as graystone. Graystone Chapel, as it became known among the inmates, became a place where God took hold of the hearts of those seeking after him. Though freedom was just a dream for most of the men in Folsom, there are stories of prison gang members finding a freedom that was not given by the hand of man, but by the blood of Christ. When the occasional prison riot broke out, it was the prisoners that went and protected the chapel from any harm. It became a place of refuge, of renewal, filled with baptism after baptism from generation to generation. In 1968, a prisoner entered the graystone walls of the chapel, a sinner, and left as a new creation. He was born again. The inmate went back to his cell and quickly grabbed his guitar and started pinning words about his experience of what happened in the chapel. He would play this song all over the prison. Everyone knew the song written by inmate number 59795C, also known as Glenn Shirley. Eventually, Glenn made a recording of it on a tape and and gave it to the prison chaplain. The chaplain, Reverend Floyd Gresson, knew that a famous country artist was scheduled to come into the prison the following day to play for the inmates. And it just so happens that the reverend knew the country singer because, well, he went to his church from time to time. So the chaplain took the tape and paid a visit to the singer. He arrived at the sound of the band rehearsing for their show at the prison the following day. The band didn't really rehearse often before a show like that, but the lead singer, Johnny Cash, said it would be a really good idea. Now, the chaplain enters the room and says, Johnny, you have got to listen to this. If this guy ever gets out of prison, he's going to run you out of business. Johnny liked this so much that He stayed up through the night learning how to play it so that he can play it at the show the next day. The following day at the prison, the energy was high. They were so excited to see Johnny Cash. And as Johnny was 
closing the show, he had something special planned. He says, this next song was written by a man right here in a Folsom prison. Hope we do your song justice, Glenn. We're going to do our best. And in the most Johnny Cash country signature sound, he starts to play the song Glenn wrote called Greystone Chapel. The audience of inmates erupted in cheers, applause, for they have heard Glenn play this song all over the prison. Glenn couldn't believe that his lyrics were now being sung by the famous Johnny Cash for all to hear. Inside the walls of prison my body may be, but my Lord has set my soul free. There's a gray stone chapel here at Folsom, a house of worship in this den of sin. You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom, but he saved the souls of many lost men. Now there's Greystone Chapel here at Folsom. Stands a hundred years old, made of granite rock. It takes a ring of keys to move here at Folsom, but the door to the house of God is never locked. So what made the walls of that old Greystone Chapel so special? to the point of Johnny Cash singing about its saving grace. It wasn't the architecture, the design of the chapel, the AV abilities, or the programs that were available. It was the community. You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom, but he saved the souls of many lost men. It was community. Like most subjects of the church, the Apostle Paul had something to say about community. Now, he doesn't come out and and call it community like we would today, but instead he referenced it in the book of Ephesians as unity in the body of Christ. Now, when reading Ephesians, it, it doesn't address, actually the book at all doesn't address any particular error or issues within that church. Some believe that it was originally designed to be a letter shared among several different churches. Ephesians is more of a teaching letter about the church as a whole and what God's goals are for the church. When reading it, Paul states that he has received a revelation and he wants to share what God's purpose is for the church. He writes in chapter 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Now, now this is not a metaphor. Paul actually is a prisoner in Rome. He he wrote this letter close to the end of his life before he was martyred. He is in chains, and, and yet he is still focused on the main thing, which is what? He says to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Now, the calling referenced here is a universal one for for the whole church. Uh, This isn't a a specific vocation or or ministry calling, but, but a calling 
to the entire church. Our calling to serve Christ. Join us next week as we continue in the subject of community. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.